This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Postgame Show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. That's right, Blackhawks fans. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Postgame Show. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. Normally, this would be about the time that I would toss it over to my co-host, Jay Zawoski, but since it's his 40th birthday today, we decided that we were going to give him the night off, and I'm going to handle some uh, hosting duty solo for you tonight. So before we get into the Blackhawks 3-2 overtime win over the Florida Panthers, wanted to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team's outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka is family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien and Seat Giants. Use the promo code MADHOUSE at checkout. Like I said, I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago doing a solo post-game show here tonight after the Blackhawks 3-2 win over the Panthers. Just There's a ton to get to tonight. I wanted to keep it mainly positive because I definitely feel like there was a lot more to be happy about tonight with the game than there was to necessarily be negative about. We really haven't been able to say that a whole heck of a lot with the Blackhawks as of late. Usually we're talking about a lot of negative stuff, a lot of stuff that you're really not too happy about, whether it's effort level or the play of certain players or what have you. But tonight, I really do feel like there is plenty, plenty to be happy about. And we have to absolutely start with the top line play tonight of Brandon Saad, Jonathan Taves, and Alex DeBrincat. Now, I know Jay and I have been advocating a lot this season so far of having Alex DeBrincat play with Patrick Kane and having him play with Nick Schmaltz. And I still think that's a very good break glass in case of emergency kind of line. And I really do think that the Blackhawks, at some point, are going to explore that, However, I really feel like these last few games, Alex DeBrincat has looked right at home on the right wing with those two guys, and I think we saw it on multiple occasions tonight. We saw Jonathan Taves score a really awesome top-shelf goal to tie the game, set up with an Alex DeBrincat pass, and then Brandon Saad finding him on the rush was just absolutely picture perfect love what that line brought on that goal and just in the game overall they brought a ton of physicality a ton of really good speed to the mix really think that Jonathan Taves is starting to find his groove maybe a little bit by having a speedy winger like Alex Dabrinkit with him obviously Brandon Saad we've been kind of down on a little bit 
especially with the way Artemi Panarin has been kind of thriving in Columbus, racking up goals and assists like crazy with them. I still think that Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taves belong on a line together, even with the struggles that they've had at times this season. And I really think that Joel Quenville has managed to hit on something here by having Dabrinkit play with those guys. I think Dabrinkit has been the guy that arguably has been the most impressive Blackhawk this season. I think he's done a really good job, especially as a rookie, of playing hard on both ends of the ice. I definitely think that he's getting himself into that Calder Trophy conversation and with good reason. I really have been impressed with the way he's adjusted to the NHL game, and I love the way he doesn't let his diminutive size kind of limit him. I know a lot of people when he came into the NHL were a little bit worried that the five foot seven guy wasn't going to be able to hold his own, was going to take him a few years to kind of get used to the physicality in the NHL. I've seen no such adjustment needed from him. I've seen him just completely get used to it within about the first three to four weeks of the season, came out came out on fire in November, scored 10 goals, and he's just carrying that right in it right into December. And it's just it's been really cool to see that. I think the one thing with Alex Debrinkit, if I have to kind of give a little caveat here is that it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he can sustain this kind of level of play for 82 games. That, I think, is probably a bigger concern to me than him not being able to handle the physicality of NHL defenses and of NHL players. I think that the ability to kind of ride through the 82-game grind, especially when you're not going to have three weeks off for the Olympics this year, I think that's going to be the key to whether or not Alex Dabrinkit ends up having a successful season. And I think without question, he's been one of the Blackhawks' top players, and I've been really satisfied with what I've seen from him so far. Um, I've also been impressed with the way Jordan Osterley has been playing the last two games. I think that even when Cody Franzen is healthy and raring to go again, I think you're going to see a more steady diet of Jordan Osterley because of the way he's played. I love the aggressiveness that he's bringing off the blue line, especially pinching in on attacks. Jay alluded to this the other day, and I think there's going to be a lot of times when he's going to kind of leave himself vulnerable on the defensive end. But I also think that's why Joel Quenville has been insistent on putting him with guys like Duncan Keith because he knows that Osterley is going to kind of freelance sometimes. He's going to kind of do his own thing and leave himself vulnerable to counterattack. And I think it's really important for the Blackhawks to have that kind of guy on the blue line that's willing to do that because, frankly, they haven't really had it a lot this season. They've been stepping up the intensity a lot on the blue line lately. You've been noticing a lot more guys pinching in. Connor Murphy has been a guy that's been really noteworthy in that regard. Ever since he switched to the left-hand side of the ice, it really feels like he's really doing a nice job of adjusting and being more active in the play, and I think that's definitely something that's been good for him, but I also think that Jordan Osterley is bringing that to the table as well, and so I've been really satisfied overall with what he's been doing. I would also say that there's going to be times when he's going to make a few mistakes here and there, and I'm very interested to see whether or not Joel Quenville is going to end up benching him or not based on those mistakes. I think with eight defensemen on the roster, there's a really good chance of that happening at some point. But it's gonna, it's gonna be one of those storylines that I think is gonna be really interesting to see. I also really appreciated the physicality that John Hayden and Tommy Wingles really brought to the party tonight. I think at some point tonight, John Hayden had six or seven hits. Kind of lost count a little bit, but that guy's just been throwing his weight 
everywhere since he got paired up with Tommy Wingles. I'm really liking what that duo is doing together. And Jay said this on Sunday, and I definitely agree with him, that I feel like John Hayden is the kind of guy that can play second line because he's got that kind of offensive skill set. But he can also play the bottom six because he's got that grit and tenacity, that physicality. He's got some defensive smarts to him. I really liked what I've seen from John Hayden. I thought he showcased a lot of grit and a lot of toughness tonight when Florida was kind of taking some liberties late in the third period. I thought that John Hayden really bounced back well when he took that kind of cross-check to the face, and it just was an ugly scene there late in the game. And I like the way that John Hayden responded to it. I know that there were a lot of penalties issued out there and you kind of want to see a little bit more uh, self-control there. But I think for the most part, I was very satisfied with the way that John Hayden and Tommy Wingles were kind of able to handle their business there. And finally, we, we have to get to Patrick Kane, the guy that we have called out on numerous occasions. I called him out on Twitter the other night for kind of dogging it the first two periods of the Arizona game. Ever since then, Patrick Kane once again has kind of snapped back into that, oh wait, I can dominate a game if I want to mode. Had two assists in the third period on Sunday night, had the game-winning goal tonight, showed showed off a lot of speed, a lot of good back-checking at times in this game. You could just tell. You could tell that he was more invested in the game tonight. And I always think that's the key with Patrick Kane. You always want him to be invested. You want to see that intensity and that go-get-it-ness on both ends of the ice. And too often this season, we have seen him kind of playing down to his competition or playing with kind of a bit of sluggishness to his game. Definitely did not see that tonight. Definitely think that we saw the good Patrick Kane, and it's a big part of the reason why the Blackhawks were able to knock off the Panthers and to get their third straight win. In terms of negatives tonight, there really were, honestly, there were only like a handful. And the main one to me was the fact that the energy level was so lacking to start the second period. The Blackhawks came out with their hair on fire tonight. They were doing a lot of really good things at times during the first period of this game. They came out in the second period. I believe they gave up 11 of the first 13 shots in the period, went the way of the Panthers. And the Panthers tied the game and really turned the momentum of things. And I know that some nights you're just not going to be able to get a full 60-minute effort, especially against a team that's not one of the NHL's best. I know that the Panthers have struggled a lot this season, and they really haven't looked like a legitimate threat to do anything in the Eastern Conference. But at the same time, you still want to see the Blackhawks get a little bit more in intensity coming out of the gate in the second period and there were even times in the third period where it didn't quite look like they were all together in sync and I think that all we throughout this season we've seen that inability to put together a full 60 minutes and I think we saw that a little bit again tonight and obviously they were able to pull out the win and they were able to get the overtime victory but even amidst all the positives and even the fact they got the victory and the six points in three games that we really thought that they needed to get, especially after that lengthy losing streak, you still don't like to see that kind of play coming out of the gate in the second period, and they really do need to work on their intensity a little bit. I also wanted to point out, uh, we've been joking around about possibly getting a sponsorship for this segment with Duncan Keith potentially going to 100 shots on goal without a goal. Not quite there yet. Had two more shots on goal tonight. He is now at 99 consecutive shots 
without a goal. It is really getting to the point where it's almost like he needs to get like a voodoo doll or something to just kind of take the lid off the goal because, frankly, it's just been a ridiculous run, a bad luck for him, whether it's hitting shin pads or posts or goaltenders or whatever. Whatever sacrificial lamb Duncan Keith needs to find in order to get off the schneid a little bit, he's got to do it because the Blackhawks' defense is activating a whole heck of a lot more, and it's really tough to really get the results of that if you're unable to at least put the puck routinely on net and occasionally in the net. And the fact that Duncan Keith is up to 99 shots on goal in a row without scoring is really quite something. Uh, Before I get to a couple of questions, I asked you guys for some questions before this podcast because I didn't want it to just be me talking like my own thoughts for 15 or 20 minutes. I wanted a little bit of interaction and you guys did oblige. But before I get to that, I need to do two things. One, in case you didn't read my Twitter account today, I'll go ahead and say it again publicly. Jay, my guy, one of my very best friends in the entire world, I really hope that you enjoyed your birthday today. I really hope that you had fun at the concert. Uh, You've been not only a tremendous podcast co-host, but you've been a great inspiration to me as a man. You are an awesome father. You're an awesome husband. And I honestly do try to emulate your example a lot in my life. And I really appreciate you being my co-host. I appreciate you being my friend. And I appreciate you being the man that you are because you really are an inspiration, man. Happy birthday to you. I'm very blessed to be able to work with you on a frequent basis. And let's just keep riding this train, man. It's been awesome. And I hope that everything in your personal new year goes really well. I really appreciate you, bud. So I got I got the sappy stuff out of the way. Hopefully y'all stuck around to hear that. And you will stick around to hear the rest of this. Because God knows that normally I'm not Mr. Positivity. Normally I'm a goofball, but whatever. Um, I also wanted to congratulate uh, Twitter user Strum0507, who's been doing a really cool thing, actually. He's been keeping me abreast. He and his wife are expecting their first child, and every so often he'll kind of pop in with some news about it. Uh, today he let me know that his wife, he and his wife are expecting a baby boy next year, and congratulations to the Strum family. That's really awesome. Really happy for you guys. Hope everything's going well with you and the missus, and you know what? Good luck to you as you get ready to kind of embark on this journey with a child. It's going to be really awesome. All right, personal stuff all done. I've unloaded all of it. Now it is time to get to questions and we start with friend of the show and one of my favorite emailers, tweeters, people in general. It's salsa shark time. He asks, is it just me or does it seem like Jonathan Tabes is getting thrown out of the faceoff dot quite a bit and he seems to be complaining a lot to referees. It's getting kind of whiny. You know what, Salsa Shark? I have noticed that the last few games. I think there is an element of frustration with his struggles and scoring this season. I feel like he's still not quite where he needs to be as a player. And I think some of that is definitely playing into it. But I also would caution you that sometimes these face-off rules can get kind of iffy for guys who are used to winning 55-60% of their face-offs. And that's a really big part of their game. So... I think it's rare to see that kind of frustration from the captain, and I have been noticing it more the last few games that he's definitely been kind of getting in the referee's ear. 
I personally would blame it on the fact that he's been struggling, and if he can keep putting the puck in the net like he did tonight, maybe we don't see that quite so much. So thank you for the question, Salsa Shark. Now, Burt Pleasures, username at Hot Quarters, which, by the way, the Blackhawk store should never have changed their name. Hot Quarters was an awesome name, and they shouldn't have changed it. He asks, if the Flyers keep losing ground in the Metropolitan Division, do you think the Blackhawks could come up with a package for Wayne Simmons? Believe he has one year left on his contract after this season. I personally would love to see Wayne Simmons in a Blackhawks uniform. Really good value, not a very high cap hit at all. The problem is you would have to give up quite a bit to get him. And I don't know if you have the prospect depth or like the stomach, honestly, to give up a package big enough to get a guy likely for only a year and a quarter because the Blackhawks cap situation is not going to be any better at the end of the 2018-2019 season than it is right now. So the odds of you being able to re-sign Wayne Simmons when his contract expires are not very good. So while I would love to see Wayne Simmons in a Blackhawks uniform, and I think he'd be a really good fit, honestly, for any team that would want to go out of their way to acquire him, I just don't see that realistically happening for the Blackhawks. And finally, at 2D in Milwaukee, Dan Deschamps says, What say you about a Triple H third line of Hartman, Henestrosa, and Hayden? You can also put Richard Panic with Lance Boma and Tommy Wingles, and Patrick Sharp can go away. It's hard to you know disagree with the notion that Patrick Sharp is kind of the 11th, 12th forward right now just because he's been struggling so much to kind of get his offensive game going. He really has been kind of a disappointment this season, even though he's on a really cheap contract. I still don't have very high opinions of the way he's been kind of playing the game. Uh, that being said, I do kind of like where your head's at with that line. I would say that Hinnestroza and Hayden could be a really good one-two punch because of Hinnestroza's speed and offensive ability and John Hayden's physicality. The one thing that I worry about is the undisciplined way that Ryan Hartman has been playing lately. He has to prove to me that he is able to kind of rein in that physicality a little bit without losing some of his effectiveness. That, to me, is the big question mark with that line. Until he can do that, I would probably rather see Lance Boma or Tommy Wingles on that line with them as opposed to Ryan Hartman, just because they've shown this season that they're more willing and able to kind of rein in that physicality, and they're not going to succumb to the dumb, as I like to say, on occasion. But I kind of like where your head's at, Dan. I just don't see that line happening until Ryan Hartman can kind of prove that he can kind of keep things under wraps and he can really uh, kind of keep his focus going. Good Lord, guys. It's already been 17 and a half minutes of podcasting action. So I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up because I know that we are trying to kind of keep these short. We will have a brand new full edition, me and Jay, of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast on tomorrow night. So Make sure you stay tuned for that. I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. Really appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast tonight, even though it was just me. I know that Jay is normally the guy that kind of drags in the ratings and has the fire and the passion and the grit and yada yada, but hopefully I did a good enough job without him that you guys will tune in again. So 
Once again, want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's, Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe, and Seat Giant. And once again, I always have to thank you guys because without the listeners of this podcast, we wouldn't still be doing it. We wouldn't have this ability to do these post-game podcasts. We really just, we wouldn't be where we are without you guys. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys very much for listening, for tweeting, for emailing, and most of all, for just being awesome. You guys are all great. My name is James Novell. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you again tomorrow night. The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget, or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.